Well, Happy New Year. Uh, 2023 is here and um, we're, we're about to kick into a new series called the Song, Songs of Summer. And um, it's a real privilege to be able to speak this morning and um, I'm really praying that this series will be really um, helpful for us as a church over the next few weeks. Um, real opportunity for people who don't regularly speak at Crossroads to be part of it. And um, I'm really excited to be able to bring today's, today's message. Um, so if you're, if you're like the most of us, um, starting the new year, you may have a new resolution that you want to think about and um, new, new, new things you want to try this year. Um, for me this year, I just want to remain healthy. Uh, that would be great. And um, I'm praying for a really healthy year this year for, for me and all for all of our family. Um, but I'm really excited to kick off today's um, series. So about eight years ago, a song came out called Happy by Pharrell Williams. Quite a popular song. It actually has over a billion views on YouTube. It's got over a billion streams on Spotify. Um, and it's a hugely popular song that talks about being happy in the middle of unhappiness. No matter what life throws at you, you can choose to be happy. Here's some of the lyrics. Um, uh, Here comes bad news talking this and that. Well, give me all you've got um, and don't hold back. Well, I, I should probably warn you that I'll, just, I'll be just fine. No offense to you, don't waste your time. Here's why, because I'm happy. And if you ask a lot of people today what they really strive for in life, what they want more than anything else is happiness. Is happiness. There was a recent survey taken in, in New Zealand. And there was more uh, than six and a half thousand people who took part of this. It was a stuff um, survey. And it came out that about 47% of those people were happy. They're mostly happy. Mostly happy because life was good at the moment. Um, mostly happy because they were grateful for their health or they were in a steady job um, and their family life was, was good. So the least happiest areas in, in New Zealand um, were Auckland and the Bay of Plenty um, with about 43% of the respondents coming from there and those regions describe themselves as, as unhappy. Uh, in contrast, the, the Northland residents are clear the, clearly the cheeriest people in the, in the nation, with about 60% of the, 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 the residents up there saying they were happy. Next was um, Tasman, uh, and then Nelson, and then surprisingly enough, Wellington, um, which was incredible to hear. Um, 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 I don't think a lot of people from the Manawatu obviously entered the survey, uh, because they didn't even make the list. Um, but a key reason for this unhappiness was the rising cost of living. Um, with, with crime um, rising as well, being a major, major concern for people. Um, so it begs the question then, like, what, what does make us happy? What is it that makes us happy? Is it, is it the idea of a new car? Is it the idea of uh, that, that perfect job or this, like a new house? Or, or maybe it's, you know, you're, you're looking at that person, you think, oh, I just want to marry that person. That would make me so, so happy. Um, then I could be happy. Well, God has a lot to say about happiness, actually. Um, God has a lot to say about happiness and we're going to find out a bit more about that. Um, but it's not how the world tells you to be happy. We've come to the book of Psalms and this is what we're going to be looking at over um, the, the, the summer period. Um, and if you've ever had a, needed a pick up on, on, on your feelings or you recognise that you're struggling, this is the book that I think will be really, really helpful for you to look at and read through. Uh, and we're going to study it um, for the next few weeks. Um, the Psalms, they are written by real people who are going through real issues, um, some good, some bad. Um, and as we study the Psalms together, um, I really hope that you'll find just um, encouragement in these, in these, in these passages 
um, as you go throughout your life and you'll be able to put voices to the, to the feelings that you're having um, and there'll be real help come from, from, the God's, from God's word in this. So the first song of summer for song for summer this year that we want to give you is Psalm 1 and we want to call it happy. Happy. Um, I get the word happy from the very first word of the psalm, which is blessed, which translates to happy. It, it's, it's written in the plural, um, so it could be referred to as, oh, how joyful is this person? Oh, how joyful is this person? Psalm 1 is called a wisdom psalm, and it's because we learn of the, that happiness is a result in our choice to follow God, um, follow God's direction for our lives. And in this psalm, the writer sets forth two ways, two decisions in life. One is the right way that leads you to happiness. And the other is the wrong way, which leads you ultimately to misery and destruction. So here's the idea. Here's the big thing that when we pursue holiness, when we pursue God, happiness tags along. We will have happiness. So let's look at these verses now and we'll unpack the um, it verse by verse um, and, and there'll be a simple description of how there's a, there's a happy man or a happy woman or a happy person as we go through the text together. First, the happy person is described by what they decline, by what they say no to. So let's look at the opening verses and it starts off like this. Oh, how happy um, or um, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. So, so far, everything is like, wow, this is, this is negative. It's, 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 a, it's a negative or it's a no. Um, happiness is marked by what, does not, what, what one does not do. Um, uh, the people that he or she does not hang out with, or the places that he or she does not go. Um, and you might be thinking, why on earth is this what we're talking about when it comes to happiness? All the things that we, that we shouldn't do. Um, but I think it's really important to understand that there's positives come after the negative. You see, happiness is for the person who understands that no first can mean yes, can lead us to a yes. You know, think about an athlete, right? Think about someone who's at the top of their game, real prime athlete who is, who is in top condition. They have, often have to say no in order to compete. They often have to say no uh, and restrict themselves in certain areas of life so that they can be at the top of their game, so that they, they can have the complete um, physical um, strength that they need to be able to compete at the highest level. You know, I, I, I assume that a lot of the top athletes are able, to, uh, they have to say no to uh, 10 o'clock running to McDonald's. Um, but in order to begin, gain success, they have to say no. Um, you know, in order to pursue happiness, this is what the, this passage is saying to us, we have to say no to some things. And the first thing that they say no to is, is bad advice. Bad advice. Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked. You know, there's two quick ways that lead us to disaster. The first one is that we, we listen to no one's advice. And the second one is that we listen to everyone's advice. You know, some people, they won't take advice at all. You know, there's people that we probably know in our lives who will give them advice and they just won't take any advice. And they're just sort of stubborn people and they like to make their own decisions and they'll make up their mind on everything on by themselves and they won't listen to anyone else. And they just don't take advice from people. 
And then there's other people that we know that, you know, can't just seem to make a decision by themselves and they just basically take advice from everyone and all of a sudden you just see that they're, they're, they're sporadically changing all the time. There's no consistency in their life because the advice they take is from everyone. You know, there was an old proverb that said this, that um, uh, the person who builds their house according to everyone's advice um, builds a crooked house and therefore has a crooked life. You see, listening to godly advice from those who we trust in uh, and those who we walk alongside is really, really important. It's important not to be closed off to advice completely, but it's also important not to listen to every advice that we hear. And there's a lot of stuff to be told to us today. So don't listen to bad advice is the first thing to gain happiness. Secondly, we're to say no to bad association. Say no to a bad association. Says, "Blessed is the man who who stands in the way, um, or stand in the way that sinners take." So first of all, we're walking, and now we're at a standstill. And stand here means to linger or stay a while. So prolong your visit. Put it this way: if you walk among bad advice, if you walk among bad advice, soon enough you'll stand among those who give it. You see, you've got to be careful who you hang out with. You've got to be careful who you spend time with. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And I think it's important here not to be misunderstood. I'm not saying that you, you know, uh, it's, not, it's bad to make friends with those who are unbelievers. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the psalm isn't saying this either. Even Jesus was called the friend of sinners. Okay, He spent a lot of time with people who were not believers. He hung out with the unrighteous, the lowest of lows at times. But his reason for hanging out with them was not that he would become like them. And it was in order that he would change them to be like him. It's really, really important for Christians who move the world, the Christians that who change the world and change people, they don't let the world change them. They are convicted by what they believe and they stay true to that. And that's why we need to take, uh, be careful in what advice we listen to. And also who we hang out with and who we hang out with. Thirdly, we're to say no to is, is bad actions. Bad actions. The verse says, or sit in the company of mockers. You know, it's, it, this is a very popular seat if you think about it um, these days. If you sit in the seat of those who mock God, if you sit in the seat of those who are against Christianity, you're a pretty popular person these days. Your opinion seems to matter quite a bit. If you stand up um, for, for God and your Christian belief, um, you're, you're quite unpopular these days. And we find ourselves as Christian, um, Christians these days as the unpopular um, community of people. But I think it's really important to notice the change of pace here. Firstly, we're walking um, and then you stand still and then eventually you see yourself taking a seat and you can see how it's a slippy slope. This seat that we're taking is a position of influence. People are wanting to listen. You have something to say. You have something to say. Um, 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 Peter found this himself. If we think about his story in the New Testament. When he was walking through the courtyard, he begins to stand amongst the people who were asking the questions. And eventually he sat down and he was asked his stance on Jesus. And what happened? He denied Christ. He denied Christ. He went from walking to standing to sitting. And ultimately, he turned his whole opinion on Jesus around because of the influence around him. So when you're walking, when you're standing, and when you're sitting with those who don't believe, do you sign for Jesus? 
Or do they even know that you follow him? See, the happy person is described as someone who declines these things. But then the psalm takes a bit of a shift. The second thing that we want to look at now is that the happy person is described as someone who delights in these things. Verse 2, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Now the psalmist, he moves from the don'ts to the do's. And a lot of people like to share with like, I don't do this. I, I, I don't get drunk. I, I don't um, sleep around. I don't swear. I don't covet. I don't, I don't, I don't. Which is great. Like, But what, what the psalmist is saying here is, what do you do? You know, we're interested in the stuff that you do do. And I love that the psalmist's attitude towards God's word is, is, is delight. He delights in it. You know, what's so amazing about this book? Well, what is so amazing about this book? This book is God-breathed. We took a time out last year to look at a series that the, um, um, the Bible is and looked at all the aspects of that. And it's such an important book to us. It's God-breathed. It's so important. And you see, the thing is, the more we get to know God through his word, the more we can delight in the Lord. We get to encounter him. We get to feel him and experience him in our lives. And you know what's one step more that's amazing in this? Is that David, who wrote this psalm, the law, the Bible to him, was only the first five books of the Bible. His delight was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You see, he only had that, but we, however, we have the whole Bible. We have the whole Bible to delight in. And here's the question. If I am on the ambition to pursue happiness, am I delighting in the law of the Lord? Is the first book that I pick up in the morning or is it the first app that I open in the morning, the law of the Lord? Is it his word? Are we delighting in God's word? The other thing is, it also looks at meditation. It says to meditate day and night. And, and meditation these days is, is slightly different to how biblical meditation comes around. Meditation these days is all about clearing your mind, um, not having any distractions and being at peace and, and being at Zen and, and clearing, clearing a lot of stuff away. But biblical meditation is being absorbed in his word, being absorbed and constantly thinking about his word, meditating day and night. You know, when we t um, Isaac spoke on the Bible series um, uh, last year, he, he talked about um, uh, the Bible app and there's some good reading plans. Uh, and Sarah and I have been doing this plan together, um, which uh, is reading the Bible the whole way through, but in, in quarters. Um, we've been doing it for the last few months. And, and part of that plan is that you read, you read the passage for the day and then it asks you and almost forces you in a way um, to, to talk it over. To, to look into it and you know think through it uh, and write down your thoughts on it. And honestly, I have to say, it has been probably in all my years of ministry, been the most transformational way I've started reading scripture. Um, it's just incredible to be able to look at a passage in depth, understand what it's saying. Then both of us have to describe what God is saying to us, what we feel God is saying in the passage, what is the you know, what's happening in the, in the storyline. And it's just been incredible. And the reason why is because we're almost... Um, forced in a way to stop, meditate and absorb what's being said. And then what you realize, the more time we spend doing this and not quickly just reading over the pages, the more time we spend absorbing ourselves in it, the more joy and the more we get out of it. 
It becomes, it becomes so much more to us than just empty words. And God really does start to speak to you. So I encourage you to really, really think about how you go about reading scripture. It's really important to absorb yourself in it. Meditate on it day and night. So firstly, the happy person doesn't do this. And then secondly, if a happy person does do these things, they will gain happiness. But then the third thing that we see here, the, the thirdly, a happy person is described by what they represent. What they represent. The verses next are, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whether, uh, whatever, they, whatever they do prospers. So hold on a minute. The passage is saying here that a happy person is a tree. You know, there's a there's a Maori proverb uh, that has impacted me so much uh, recently that I keep referring back to because it's really, really powerful. And it says this, it says, Kai Fungaya, Kai Tupu, Kai Poai. And it translates to this, that which is nurtured grows, then blossoms. You see, happiness is when a person grows strong like a tree beside the calmness of, of a still water and they produce this wonderful fruit and when the hard times come, they won't wither. No, no, no. They will prosper. Beautiful imagery here of what it means to be engaged in following Christ. Why? Because they've got strong roots planted in God. And this is what it represents to be happy in Christ. To have strong roots, roots bedded into him and into his word. You see, happy people are a joy to be around because they produce the most wonderful fruit. People around people who are producing good fruit will feel refreshed and just want to be around those people. And when the, when the hard times come, they won't wither. No, 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 no. They'll keep going and they'll be strong and they'll prosper. So firstly, a, a happy person doesn't do these things. Secondly, a person happy person does do these things. Thirdly, a, a happy person is represented by these things. And fourthly and finally, we describe how a happy person should differ from those who are unhappy. Verse 4. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff. When the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now we look at the unhappy person. Ultimately those who are not in Christ. And the verse 3 describes uh, the first three verses rather describe one person. The verses four and five describe another person. And then six gives us a summary of the both. You see the psalm starts with the word blessed, happy. And it ends with the word destruction or to perish or misery. misery. Two complete opposites, right? One is fruitful like a, fr a thriving tree. And the other is like chaff that is dead and blows in the wind. And here's the question that I have for us today to think about as we start this new year. Which people group are you? Which people group are you walking in? Are you standing in? And are you sitting in? The one marked blessed or the one marked perish? Does your life resemble a tree that is thriving by the calmness of a still water with plenty of fruit? Or does it represent a pile of chaff that is no use to anyone? There was a guy who was once sitting by a river and he reached down into the river and he picked up this rock. Um, and it was obviously wet on the outside. It was in the river. He cracked it open and inside it was just dry. Dry. And he thought to himself, how many people are like that? 
How many people are surrounded by the good things of God? They're overflowing with the things of God. They worship God freely. Um, but when you cut down to the hard stone inside, into the soul, into the inner being of the person, is it dry? Is it dry? Is there no life in them? And is that you? You see, the Bible is incredible. It is incredible the way it doesn't make it hard for us to decide. It always gives us one or two choices. It gives us one choice or second choice. And we're wanting to pursue happiness according to the first person. Or we want to live our lives out like the second person, which ultimately leads to destruction. You know, it's important for us to be able to say no in certain situations. Say yes in other situations that brings us closer to God. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. May we seek godly advice. May we seek good people to be around. And may we conduct ourselves with good actions. So that when we're in those moments with those who don't know you, that we'll be able to pursue you and share your love with them. That they become more like us and not us like them. May your, your word be a delight to us. May we meditate in it day and night. Lord, I pray for this for all of us as we start this year. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.